0: Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue and I usually say I've got my co-host Keita Spears with me. But is not here today, guys. He's out in Texas doing his thing. There's a lot of new things that are happening right now. One, I have never done this podcast interviewing somebody and I've got a special someone here today without my co-host Keita. So I miss you, brother. And then my or, or our uh, podcast producer, shout out to Roland. He just had a baby, not him obviously, his wife, but He's off work for two weeks. We don't have a producer. So we've got Eric Skrasinski in the house. And he is the man because we came to the Cosmopolitan Hotel. If you've ever been to Vegas, you probably have seen the Cosmo. We are doing a podcast in a hotel room without our producer, without the co-host. It's just me. So you can imagine shit is just kind of like entrepreneurship. It is just all over the place, unpredictable. But we are here and we've got a special guest. We've got Drewby Wilson. And if you don't know Druby, he is a podcaster, an author, a speaker, just an overall badass. I like to say he's just the number two over at a company that does a lot of money. I'm pretty sure it's eight figures called Apex. So we're going to get into his story and uh, talk more about what he does and uh, how he can help you guys. So Druby, welcome to the show. Well, dang
1: Daniel. Thank you so much for the
0: invite
1: and the introduction. I'm excited to be here. It's been uh, it's been fun over the last couple of years, getting to watch each other's growth and be a part of that. So I'm uh, very excited to be able to share with your audience some things. I know it's all about helping people and, you know, helping winners win, right? That's why we're here. So anything I can do to bring value,
0: I'm just excited to have the opportunity to do that with you, man. I love it. And I didn't, I fucked up your intro. I did not say the one and the only meme Lord. Uh, That is also
1: one thing that you can call me. Of the many titles I have, the meme lord is one that I'm very honored to to embrace.
0: Yeah, there, chances are, if you've never heard of Drooby, you probably have seen his memes floating around on Facebook, Instagram. We're gonna get into the meme. So I know Br- Drewby as just a, an awesome father, just a, a stud that's just closed millions and millions of dollars in sales. Um, he's got a beautiful wife, just a, an overall happy, in-shape dude. I think you've biked like hundreds of miles as well. So you're definitely a winner in, in a lot of areas dude but kind of talk about your story because I know there were some dark times you were I'm just gonna call a spade a spade like you were just fat and not sexy and now you're in shape and sexy so let's let's talk about when you're fat and not sexy you know man uh yeah so that's true I was definitely
1: um not happy not fulfilled and you know coming up in life I was you know one of three boys to a single mom. My dad was in and out of our lives a lot as kids. So we kind of struggled coming up, but I never saw a lack of hustle out of my mom or the people in my life. And so I kind of have always had this, you know, internal drive, almost kind of like entrepreneurialism. You know, I came up in the hood and I was selling drugs and doing all the things that most kids do when they grow up without a great positive influence And then over the years, as I continued to try and avoid trouble and do all the things that I saw a lot of people going down those paths, uh, I found that, you know, getting inspired and finding motivation and then being blessed to meet my wife and, you know, a girlfriend at the time when we got together, there was just a lot of things going on that the world has always kind of blessed me with opportunity and I've been just dumb enough to really grasp it and, and say, all right, well, if this is what I got, I'm gonna do what I can with it. And so, you know, over the years when I was out of shape and wasn't really focused on the physical side of things, I was still driving and hustling to to try to survive. And what really flipped a switch is, you know, when my wife and I got together, I was like at the smallest I had ever been, right? So at one point in my life got up to just over 300 pounds when I was working third shift. Um, You know, I was that dude, I went and I worked at night and I pounded energy drinks and I ate fast food. And then I went home and I ate like garbage and barely slept. And so I got kind of out of shape. And then, you know, I went through a phase where I stopped drinking sodas and got kind of more in shape. But the problem was when I was doing that, I was also just running around selling drugs, smoking blunts all day, doing things that weren't really healthy. And then when I met my wife and kind of, we got together you go through that phase of of changing your your styles and your your comfort and so when i was you know thin when we met i kind of got fat again cuz i got comfortable and that's a, like that's what happens in life right we get comfortable and we stop doing the things that we know get us the results that we're looking for and so we went through this period together where you know i was just out of shape and i didn't feel good and she was Uh, when she got pregnant and then had our son, I kind of was like unhappy with myself. And I just decided one day, you know, hey, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to start walking and I'm going to just start listening to some more motivational stuff because I'm not really happy where I am. And there's only one person that can make any change in this. And that's me making a decision to stop doing the things that I'm doing that are getting me the current results and do the things that I know I need to do to get the results that I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, what was the some of the things that you immediately changed once you got to that point as far as like that that train of thought? So that
1: was really along the same period where I found personal development and, you know, coaching and mentoring and started taking it seriously because at the time, uh, I had been selling insurance for a couple of years and I worked for a family member that had kind of been Uh, mentoring me along the way, right? He had taken me from the cigar shop where I'd been doing sales and brought me into the insurance world. And he was kind of coaching me on how to be a better father and a a leader and a salesperson and a business owner, because he had come from that world. And um, basically I just was like, you know, I want more out of life. Like I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not fulfilled. And so what, what can I do to really take that next step, and that's what pushed me to start making those decisions, Sarah, right, well, I'm going to get up earlier and I'm going to start focusing on what little things can I implement to change my routine and my habits to get the results I want.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to physical fitness and winning in the physical game, how do you think that is is paralleled with like winning in business, winning in the financial game. Do you think there's any commonalities between the two?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's something that was kind of hard to accept at first. I think a lot of people kind of fight it. But when you accept that the things that you do on a daily basis are really what create the results that you want in life, the physical side plays into the professional side and the personal side. Because when you can make a commitment to yourself that, hey, I'm going to get up and go do the thing that I don't want to do. For me, that was working out, right? My wife and I, we always would argue, it's like, hey, I go and ride my bike and I do physical things. Like, I don't need to do cardio. I was like, well, no, man, the only way you're going to lose weight is to burn calories by doing cardio. So I would resist it. But as soon as I made that change and I said, all right, well, I'm just going to go and do the cardio first thing in the morning. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go walk. I'm going to get that knocked out because I hate doing it. But if I just get it done and get it out of the way first, It's one less thing I have to worry about. But it also translates in business because think about when you're in a slow month as a salesperson and you go to the office and you're like, damn it, I don't want to make these calls. I don't want to do this. But then you sit down and you hammer out 150 or 200 cold calls. Maybe you get a deal out of it. Maybe you set an appointment that turns into something. But the person that resists doing the thing that they know is going to get them the result never gets the result. It's the person who says, hey, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to do the thing that I don't want to do because I know that's what's going to get me there, that correlates in your personal life and your professional. So, it comes to the fitness side. It's like, hey, I don't want to go and run these miles, but I know if I want to be able to be in shape or I want to accomplish my goal of running a marathon or a double marathon, as your crazy self's going to do here soon, right? Like, in order to do that, you know you have to go do those miles, So that's the thing that really makes a difference in in what you start to recognize when you get on the physical fitness side of things in life, especially as an entrepreneur or someone who's trying to develop more, even as a W-2 employee. It's like, hey, I want more out of this. So what KPIs am I searching to get those results? It's the same KPIs in your personal life. Hey, I weigh 215 pounds now. I'd like to get down to 205 okay, well, maybe it's somebody who's trying to gain weight, right? It's not always about losing. It's what are your results that you're looking for? What's the goal? And then setting those metrics so that you can work toward it because that's how it works on either side. You're always working towards a goal and the way you get the goal is by accomplishing those metrics.
0: And I love that because you know the show, How Winners Win, right? People listening to this podcast right now I know you guys are used to embracing the hard work, right? Because on the other side of the struggle, on the other side of the pain is is the reward, right? But most people, they, they stop, right? They just stop when they get uncomfortable. So I love the way you explained that. I know there were some times where you were kind of like stagnant or uncomfortable back in Ohio. So. I want you to talk to the winners about that, where from what I remember your story, you know, you were kicking ass, taking some names, but kind of like hitting a ceiling in Ohio in the, in the insurance business. And you really, your life just exploded when you moved to Dallas. But I know there was some kind of growing pains. There were some challenges. You had to uproot a family, right? Anyone with the family listening to this, like when you move cities, move states with the family, like that shit's hard, right? So kind of talk us through that journey. So, there's a couple
1: things to unpack there. Really, what got me to that place in the first point was, as you said, you know, I had been selling insurance for about four or five years at this point, was one of the top producers in my market. Our agency constantly won every award. I was being asked to come in and speak to agents that had been in the business for, you know, decades on what I was doing to be more successful in the agencies than they were as, you know, an an experienced agent. But I was still kind of at this point where I was only making a couple grand a month and I was only getting paid on new business. So, like, insurance people are like, oh, residuals, you probably make fat bank. No, I only got paid on new business. So, like, pure commission. I had a small base, but essentially I had to survive on commission. And I kept hitting the ceiling of like a certain number every month. And I went to my boss and I said, hey, man, like, I love this agency and I love the fact that you've given me this opportunity, but. Like I want to make more money. I'm seeing these other guys that are online and I'm, I'm getting into this world and I'm seeing what's possible, right? I'm stretching my identity, but I'm, I'm just, I can't put together how to get there. And he, God love him. Unfortunately, he said that he's like, hey man, just be patient. You know, in, in a five, 10 years, you're going to own one of these agencies. It'll be your name on the door and you won't have these same problems, but we just got to get there. And I'm not a very patient person. And I immediately went, okay, well, this guy's not going to help me because that's a long-term thing and like that's cool, but I need something right now. What am I going to do right now to get results? And that's something a lot of people can think about in their life. They have these big goals, right? But they're not thinking,
0: all right, well, what can I do right now to start attaining that goal? Let me stop you there because- I really glad that you bring this up because people listening to this right now, they might be able to relate to this. I know I can, right? Cause I have 13 employees, right? So you're listening to this right now. You own a company, you have an all-star, you have a hitter that comes to you and it's like, man, I love it here, but I want to make more money. It sounds like this guy said what you didn't want to hear. And then now this guy lost the rock star, right? So looking back at that moment, if you were him, what do you think, what would you have said knowing all of the context? How could he handle that differently?
1: You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and there's no real way to know for sure how I would have reacted in any response because of my emotional at the time. But I think if you are in that situation and you have someone on your team who's a rock star and you see that potential and you want them to stay long-term, you have to just sit down and cultivate, hey, what does success look like to you? Because everyone has their own version of success, right? Like what I see is different than what you see is different than what Eric sees, but everyone has their own vision of it. So you really have to help get clarity on that because as a leader, your job and your duty is to show up for your team and help them create success. Your version of it has no bearing on what their version of it should be. Now, you may have a bias and want certain things for them, that's what makes a great leader. But if you can't sit down and ask someone, Hey, what does that look like though? Like you want more fantastic. Why? And what does that look like? Because my job is to help you achieve that by setting the goals and KPIs and figuring out the steps to get there. So if he had said, Hey, okay, well you're making X, right? 40, 50 grand a year, but you want to make a hundred. What do we need to do to get there? Right? So what are, what are the steps that have to be taken? You're a sales guy. So realistically, we know we need to double your production. So what does it take to double your production? Realistically, you either need more leads or you need better quality leads or you need a, you know, there's some system or process that we can build to, to make that a reality. And had he said, Hey, I'm willing to work with you to build that, to make that happen. I would have been open to the timeline. I realize nothing's immediate, right? You're like, I knew the numbers. I'd been with him the whole time. I know he can realistically only pay me a set number because the margins are only this. Like I was thinking as a business owner. So had he come to me and said, all right, well, let me help you build this out and show you the timeline. I may have been willing to be patient, but it was like, well, you're just going to have to wait five or 10 years, but without any expectation of how I'm going to get there, there was no clarity for me. So that's what made me go, okay, well, if he can't give me clarity, it's on me to go and find it for myself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, dude, I
0: love, I love that. that. That was, that was gold. So guys, I invite you because this is just me, you know, projecting my own situation on, on you guys. Like we're in a weird economy right now, right? Like internally, there's some changes that we're making as a company and kind of restructuring and empowering people, promoting people because people want more like this whole silent quitting shit. It's real, dude. Like people are losing jobs. People are quitting. Like it's just a weird time to be a business owner, entrepreneur, employee but i think what you said is really really important for the winners to to just really marinate on and figure out like are you are you putting clarity out on the floor, right? Are your team, is your team understanding the mission and finding out like, what does success look like for them? Because it sounds like your your ex-boss, he really just kind of brushed you off. Like, bro, you're gonna own it one day, five, 10 years. Like, you're gonna be baller, hang tight. And then he just went on to something else instead of just sitting you down and just digging deep and, and understanding where you're coming from. And it sounds like that really would have changed the whole game for him. It would have. And I think that's the hardest part is because I know in
1: his heart, he meant well. It's yeah. not that he didn't want me to be successful. I mean the guy had literally given me the opportunity to come in and be the number one star and and just handed me everything to build it. but I needed it wasn't that I like needed more money. I just needed I needed clarity. yeah I just needed the like understanding of what we were gonna do to get there because I'm one of those dudes that like I don't have to have everything. I can see. Just tell me what the big picture is. Tell me what resources I have, and like, let's get after it. I'm kind of a figure it out kind of person, but if you can't tell me what the resource is or what the realistic Game vision plan. is, it's it's hard for me to buy into that because yeah. I have an ownership mentality, and I encourage someone who is a business owner to embrace the folks who have an ownership mentality in that business. Right. Because like they're putting their blood, sweat and tears, they're making sacrifices from their family and, and all of these situations to be there for your business. Sometimes you're going to have to like give a little and and just show empathy. Yeah. It's not even about like all this extra and, and going, no, if you just show empathy and truly, Hey, what is it that you want out of life and how can I make that a reality? most people don't want nearly as much as you think and helping them get it is a lot easier than you're making it.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite quotes and I don't know who said it was basically as a owner, if you can just help everyone else accomplish their goals, you're going to accomplish your goal. Yeah. 100%. So, going back to your journey. So, you had this conversation with your ex-boss. You you saw what it was. Okay. I'm making a pivot Then, then what? So from
1: there, essentially what happened and we'll, we'll kind of do the fast forward version. So I went back and said, all right, I'm a sales guy. What do I got to do to make more money? I need more leads, right? Like we're paying all this money for leads, 10, 20, 50 bucks a piece. What can I do to either get more leads get better quality leads? You know, what's that look like? So I went on the internet, good old Facebook. And I started looking at these different coaching programs and people that were talking about getting these leads on Facebook using paid advertising, I'm like, whoa, I'm kind of techie. I built websites as a kid. Like, let's figure it out. Again, once I'm that guy. So I went to a company, they wanted 1500 bucks. I was like, holy shit, that's like three months of my mortgage. I went to my boss and I said, hey man, they want to teach me how to do this. We'll get better leads. He said, nope, just go and buy them from the vendor. Don't change anything. I went to the company, said, hey, I'm going to pay for this out of pocket. I want to learn it. Hi, sorry, man. We can't give you that uh, spot. Somebody else took it. Screw you guys, I'm gonna figure out how to do this. Like, okay, they wanted to open an agency in our market, they knew I was a top producer, they didn't want me knowing what they were doing to produce. So, funny story roundabout, they actually came to me not too long ago, wanted to join Apex. That's funny, hilarious. Anyway, so I, I went online, I found phone sites and Stewman, and I started following um, the marketing. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna get phone sites and I'm gonna learn paid advertising. My first month I paid five hundred bucks out of pocket for ads. I got two hundred and fifty leads and I sold an extra twenty thousand dollars in premium, which was double my normal monthly production. So everybody went, Whoa, what just happened? A couple of agents reached out, said, Hey man, what are you doing? How'd you do it? I did this marketing thing. How much would you charge me to set it up? Twenty five hundred bucks. I made ten grand in a weekend and I had been scraping 50, 60 hours a week at the agency to make like four grand a month on average. I was like, all right, there's something to this. So I started a marketing company, started doing some marketing for other agencies and real estate guys. Stuming calls me December of 2018. It's like, Hey man, I see you got some stuff going on. I appreciate you helping the people in my group. Would you be interested in coming on board and working with me in kind of like a tech support position? I'll pay you a little bit of money. You can keep doing your thing. okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, let's do that. Months later, he calls me back, it's like, hey man, I I think you're in the wrong business. Why don't you fly down to Texas? Let's have a conversation. So I fly to Texas, Stuman and I have a conversation, fly back to Ohio, have the hard conversation with my wife. It's like, hey, I think I'm gonna walk away from insurance and I'm gonna start over as you know, part of this coaching program thing in Texas. Like I think there's a lot of opportunity. And that was, you know, a really hard conversation. I mean, it was in-laws of ours that had given me this opportunity. We had just bought a house. Our son had was like two or three years old at this point, so like we were,
0: we were set. So the insurance game that you were playing in, it was tied to the in-laws. They, yeah. Okay. So
1: that it was the in-laws' agent um, agency that had started it. Her uh, father-in-law through her mom had gotten remarried. Kind of a weird situation. Like the the marriage had. not Worked out. So they got divorced. So now, like, I work for the guy, but there was divorce yeah. and a kid. And so it was really, sh- yeah, still family ties. Yeah. And so it was kind of awkward, but we were making it work. Yeah. And, um, you know, Stuman made me an offer and I, I, I couldn't say no. So I went back and I said, Hey, man, I have to take this opportunity. Like, I'm grateful for everything, but I have to take this. I like, I know it's the right move for me and my family for the future. Thankfully, Kayla was, you know, she was supportive. She, didn't love it at first, didn't quite understand it because at the time I was being very selfish with the personal development side, right? So like for those of you who are married, who are listening, understand that as you take this journey, make sure your spouse is included because if you don't, it it's very easy to create that gap in a relationship and like that's your number one cheerleader, that's your number one star on your team. Don't screw that up by being too selfish, trying to develop too fast. But so, you know, I was very blessed. She was very supportive we made that decision. I walked away from the insurance world and I started over as like basically a, a low end tech support slash commission sales guy at break free Academy and the apex team, March of 2019 flew back and forth to Texas for about, I don't know, four or five months coming to different events. That was when you and I started meeting and connecting. Um, in June of 2019, we sat down and I told her, I said, well, i we're moving to Texas. Like we're going to sell our house and we're going to move to Texas. And it was a real hard conversation. You know, her family's there. She's an only child. So her mom and her dad, like all her friends, I knew it was the right move for our family because we were limited in what we could do in Ohio, just based on the people around us. And I just, I had been, like I said, all in on this development, on this apex world, on this whole journey but I hadn't included her enough in it. So I'm very very like very blessed that she came along with me. I kind of gave her no choice, but she came along. We came to Texas, looked at a couple places, put our house on the market in July. We had a full price offer within 48 hours. We sold our house. We got a one-way flight from Dallas to uh from Ohio to Dallas in August. We moved into our condo at the end of August in 2019, I walked into the office on the first day once we were there and Steeman sat me down and he's like, cool, man, I got good news. I got bad news. I'm like, all right, well, what the fuck does that mean? Well, the, the bad news is you're fired. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, well, listen, I got, I'm, I'm going to let you go from the phone sites team. I think you're too valuable. I want to make you the vice president here at Break Free Academy and you and I are gonna build this thing out and we're gonna change a lot of lives together. And so, you know, I moved down there, basically uprooted my whole family, which there's a whole long story we can go into on that side of things, obviously. But um, you know, the first day I got promoted to VP and he and I have been working together for the last three and a half, almost four years. We've helped thousands of clients from all over the country, all over the world. He's taken me on private jets. I've been on stages. I've written a best-selling book. Like we've had a pretty wild ride in the last few years, but it really just came back to that decision. I wanted more out of life and I was going to do whatever it took to make it happen.
0: Yeah. I love it, dude. One thing that I respect a lot about you is just embracing the unknown because kind of unpacking the story that you just said, like the first instance where you embraced the unknown was not knowing this whole marketing side of things, like okay, I'm making X. I want to make more money. I can make more money if I can get more leads. Well, instead of, instead of relying on the company, you're like, let me go to the outside. And what's crazy, man, is like this company a couple of different times fumbled the ball. Right, like you coming to them and saying, hey, I can help drive more revenue. It's 1500 bucks for essentially education, like to write off, it's going to help the company. Like you're going to learn it. You were the one that was proactive about it. Like, that's crazy that they didn't support that, but you're just like, okay, then I'm still going to do it. Right. It's like you hit a few walls (laughs) and you still did it. And it was the unknown. You didn't know how it was going to pan out. And I think that's one thing that we all have to get better at is that unknown sometimes can be scary, right? Like it's that boss in the game you're like, fuck, am I ready to fight that boss? And mm-hmm. so you slayed that boss. And then the second unknown is Stuman, If I remember correctly, you know, I joined and just so you guys can have context for those who don't know, Ryan Stuman, he's the the, the leader, the founder of Apex. And I mean, right now that you guys are doing eight figures a year, there's over a hundred people paying, you know, $50,000 a year for this amazing mastermind. But back in 2018, 2019, correct me if I'm wrong, Drewby, there was maybe, only five to seven of us, you know, in this mastermind, <laughs> right? So it was awesome, right? We got really close FaceTime with with Brian Stoumen. It was it was great. Uh, Entourage is still pretty big because there's three tiers in, in Apex, um, basically like JV and Varsity. But where I'm going with all this is, there was still the unknown with Stoumen, right? I'm, yep. I'm sure they were still doing seven figures a year, but he was nowhere near where he is now. So I gotta imagine there's still some kind of fear in like uprooting your family and doing something that was totally unknown.
1: Oh, definitely. And you know, coming into it, I had been watching the company, you know, as a client, right? I came in as a client early on and I had watched a just I'll call it a revolving door of people that had been a part of the company and then left and different things going on and, you know, egos and drama and I mean, it's like any sales organization, that stuff happens. So yeah, coming into it, there was definitely the unknown of, well, you know, I literally just watched as this guy went from six or seven employees to hits him and one assistant. And I'm employee number three, if I decide to take this opportunity and completely walk away from six years of something that if I'm just patient, I'm guaranteed whatever. But again, that's an unknown too, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know what that looks like. And so yeah, 100% an unknown. And I think it was cool because I've been such a integral part of it from that moment of re, re-association, right? Like everybody's out, him and an assistant, I come on board, we bring Danny, we bring a couple other small, you know, so there's four or five of us basically running this small skeleton crew for this company. And at the same time, as you said, our mastermind at the time, our, our top tier was a dozen clients, let's call it. We could all sit at a big dining table and literally just go around the room and be like, all right, what's your issue? How can we help? Yeah. But in the last 3 years, we've been able to grow and scale because everyone on the team bought into the mission, right? We talked about this. Hey, what is everybody's goal? What's the big vision for the company and are you bought in on it? Can you agree to live by these core values and say, "Hey, if I'm going to be a part of this thing, I will operate with this standard and I will agree to live this kind of way because we know that's what's going to take"? To create that reality. And there's been some people that have come and gone and like any business, right? That's how it is. So as a business owner, if you're hearing this, just know there's a season and a reason for most situations. But when you're doing your best to make sure that season's always the best for the individual involved then you're going to end up getting what you want, right? Because a lot of people, it's like, well, I'm going to bring in this guy and I'm just going to use him for this thing. And then, you know, whatever happens after that happens after that. But if you're like, hey, I'm going to bring in this guy and I'm going to help make sure that his entire life is set up so that his family and his family's family is set for generations. Think about how differently he feels when you're having that conversation. And that's the difference, right? When you're having that conversation with somebody and saying like, we're in this for a lifetime versus hey man, while you're employed for me, this is what it's going to be. There's just a different relationship. And that's why I've embraced working here at the Break Free Academy and with the Apex team, because it's not just like, well, yeah, man, you're going to make a lot of money or you're going to get to do cool stuff, but it's like, you're going to get to build the lifestyle that you want to live. You're going to get to bring your wife on cool trips to Las Vegas and do private jets and go to Cabo. And you're going to get to bring your son and let him be a part of this entire thing because it's not just about the business for us. It's about family. It's about legacy. It's about being the example, right? That's what it is to create our mission and bring it to the world And as such, we've been very blessed with that opportunity that from the top down and even as myself in a leadership position now, that's our focus. How do we make sure everybody on the team is getting to live their best life and be the best version of themselves? Because as the example there, when we step out in front of clients, what do they see and what do they get to be a part of? And that's why I was willing to walk away from something that was like, hey man, you barely graduated high school. You were a drug dealer. You got this opportunity to sell insurance. It's the best thing you've ever had and probably will ever have. And you're going to walk away from it for what? Well, the unknown. But what's on the other side of the unknown most of the time? The thing that you want the most.
0: Yeah, yeah. And look at you now, man. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what it's about. It, uh, But it didn't happen without some bumps in the road, some sacrifices and some pain, but it's, it's all worth it. Of course. So I want you to talk about apex because we referenced that a few times. And just so, you know, there's full transparency guys. I joined apex in shoes 2018. And I literally, I think I just set up my Facebook um, that year. I didn't know. I knew nothing about copy, nothing about marketing, And I had a business, but we didn't get leads from social media. And I'm just like, man, this Ryan Steumann guy, he can write posts, he can write, and he can market. And I need to learn the video and the copy and the marketing side. So that's what drew me to Steumann. And it'd be hard for me to say that... You know, here I am today where, you know, I've, I've got a pod, we've got a podcast, we're almost 100 episodes deep. I've That's got awesome. a got a best-selling book. Um, I've got an awesome company. I've spoken on a lot of stages. It'd be hard for me to say I've been able to do these things without having someone like Stuman influence me. I've learned a ton from him. So, you know, there's a reason why I've been in this coaching program for 4 years cuz it's just the, the best of the best. But can you talk to the audience about what what is Apex about? What can it help people with?
1: Yeah, of course. So I always say, you know, from a high level to make it easy for people to understand, Apex is probably the world's largest professional network of like-minded, success-driven entrepreneurs, small business owners, and sales professionals. And we have a combination of You know, a couple thousand members at all different parts of that entrepreneurial journey, whether you're just getting started and you're trying to learn sales and marketing and networking, right? Because that's kind of the foundational side of things. Or you've reached a point where you're a CEO executive who has a team of 10 or 15 people that run the day to day parts of your business. There's lots of different roadblocks that you face on that journey, right? Especially the nine to five person who's like, hey, I want to become an entrepreneur, I want to be a solopreneur, build my own thing how do I take that step? What we've essentially done is we've broken it down into two pieces. There's the tactical side where we break down step-by-step how to build your business. I call it your, your personal and professional life into a machine, right? That's literally what we call the program, building your machine because there's a lot of systems and processes and routines that you need to have if you want to be successful, right? Success leaves clues. So if we look back over everybody that we've studied and the thousands of clients that we've had and all the people who've been successful over the years, they've left a blueprint. That's what the tactical side of building your machine is. So we have training and accountability system put in place so we can help people build that machine in their life. And then we surround them with a network of winners, People who all share the same mission. We want to represent what winning looks like at all times. When we show up in a room, when we show up in a community, we want to be the example of what winning looks like. So that if someone is in that room who's maybe in a hard time or at that moment of plateau, like, I know there's more for me out there, but I don't know where to find it. Where do I find like-minded people? Where do I find people who will give me that permission that I have or I need to go and take that next step? Because it's already in there, right? The greatness, we're all born with it. It's getting someone who says, yeah, man, go do that, right? It was it was someone saying, hey, yeah, go learn marketing. Go figure it out. Okay. All, the, all most people want is that permission. So when you find a tribe like Apex where it's like-minded, success-driven. Everybody in there has that go-giver mentality. Like You don't know what you don't know. That's why you get in a room like Apex or you find mentorships or programs because if you don't know, you have to find the people who do. One of the wisest people in my life always said, he said, the wise man doesn't have the answer to every question, but he knows where to start looking for it. And to me, that comes back to the community. It comes back to the tribe, right? Henry Ford surrounded himself with the smartest people in the world because he knew if he just had smart people around him, he didn't have to be the smartest guy. He could just ask questions and people would help get the result. That's what Apex is, getting around entrepreneurs and business owners that have gone from absolutely nothing to building massively successful companies as leaders, as examples of what's possible. So that's what Apex is built around a network of people who want to represent what winning looks like by sharing with the people around them, how to do that and being the example to do so.
0: Yeah. And I think what's also important, you touched on it too, Drooby, is when you're an entrepreneur and maybe you are, you know, thinking about starting a business or you just cracked six figures or you did seven figures or eight figures, wherever you are in your journey, entrepreneurship, like there's just days where you feel like the world is falling apart and you can't relate to a lot of people, right? Your friends, your family members, people you grew up with, they just can't relate to you. Right? So it's kind of hard to have that conversation about like, dude, I just had to fire this person or I just got fucked in this deal. Right? You're like, who do I talk to? Who can I relate to? having a group like Apex is just awesome because there's just people that have been there, right? Like you said, success leaves clues. They know what it's like, but it's not like you're going to vent and just pour me. It's like, nah, dude, like we can just talk through this. You can kind of share some of the things that you have going on, get some advice. And it's not like you're going to get pitched. That's what I love about Apex is you don't, like, I don't spend tens of thousands of dollars every single year because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get my ROI back here. It's like, no, I wanna be a part of something. So it's like, when I talk to someone, it's not like, let me sell them a solo 401k, right? And that's the whole group as a whole is just like you said, that that community. And I think that's really important in your journey. You have to have people behind you. You have to have that community because if not, it's gonna be hella lonely. It's already lonely as it is. I think
1: that comes back to, Something that one of my friends and mentors told me early on right because I was in the phone sites game and I'm learning software and funnels and marketing and I was asking a lot of questions right because I was curious I wanted to know how to get better and someone came to me and said hey man I will share with you the knowledge you're seeking if you're willing to go and share it with others. And I had that scarcity mindset thought of, well, if I get the secrets and I give it away, won't they use it and make more money than me? Or won't they take the thing that I'm like trying to get? And he said, well, yeah, but you could go on YouTube and learn all this stuff too. Do you want to go and take your time to do that? Or you just want me to give you the answer and be willing to share it with other people? And that was like a big flip for me. Like, okay, damn. So when you show up in a room and and you you pay to be a part of a community and you go in with the thought of, I'm literally just going to show up and help as many people as possible. I'm going to give as much value as I can. It is impossible for you to outgive the universe. And so when you show up and think nothing about expectation of ROI or, you know, how am I going to go and make sure that if I put 5,000 in, I'm getting my 10,000 back this month. It's like, hey, if I put 5,000 in, how am I going to show up and give an extra $10,000 in value, right? How am I going to double or triple down on what I'm giving to this community? Because that's really in the big picture going to come back tenfold, but not everybody's willing to be patient enough for that part of it, right? And that's the hard part of personal development and growth is you have to plant seeds and you have to be willing to nurture that garden long enough to create the harvest, And so many people, because of the world we live in, because of the social media and the quick everything has to be right now mentality, they're not willing to play that long game in life. And that's why their relationships suffer. That's why their businesses suffer, because they're constantly chasing that next high, that next thing. And when you can come into a community like Apex and say, well, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm willing to admit that. But when I see someone who's asking a question and I know without a doubt that I can show up and help them and I'm going to commit to doing that, it's a snowball effect, man. And, and you've seen it. You're a great example of that, right? Because you don't show up and just try to pitch people. You show up and you say, hey, here's how I can educate you on this thing that's available that nobody's ever taught you about because this is not something that's very common. But here's how it works. Here's what are the things that you can do with it. And here's what I see most people in your situation utilizing it for as a resource or a tool. If you'd like to know more, we'll go from there. If not, I'm happy that you now know more about this thing that's available to you because if it because a situation where you need it, you're now educated on how to make it a reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100. And that comes back to the don't know, like, and trust, you know? So, yep. and, and I want to get into that on, on the meme side, but real quick before we pivot on the apex side, guys, we'll put a link in the, in the, the show notes, as far as all of Drewby's social media handles. So you can reach out to him about the apex stuff. Cause if you guys are looking for a community to join, or maybe you're in a community right now and you kind of feel like you just hit like a plateau, kind of hit a ceiling, there's different levels of apex that you can join that, uh, you know, I, I know would help you. And I, again, I can personally vouch for a been in for four years and I don't plan on leaving. So you guys can always just DM me too about any questions that you guys have. And and I'll be very transparent with you guys. I don't make a commission on referring people. I've referred a ton of people to apex. So that's not how this shit works. It's not multi-level marketing or anything like that. So going back to the no like and trust and, and, you know, showing up on, on social media and and generating business, you've done a great job on that, The, the meme stuff, right? Like let's, let's get into that because, you know, I call myself a boomer and I kind of am bro. I'm 33, but like, you know, I'm kind of like my legit, my 13 year old daughter calls me a boomer and she's just not, <laughs> she's not completely wrong. So when I think of a meme and if you guys are as boomer as me or else, or maybe you're like, dude, you're an idiot blue. Like a meme is like, I go in my text message and I, I text Drewby and I hit the little gift button, you know, and I just type something in the gift search bar. Like that's kind of how I always viewed memes. Um, but you take it a step further where it's like, and everyone listening to this show right now, you guys have, some kind of service, some kind of product, some kind of side hustle, entrepreneurship activity going on. Sales in the follow-up game is huge, right? You get ghosted all the time. You got to get someone to sign a contract. They're not responding, right? So like follow-up is huge. You found a way with the memes to just take something that is kind of stale in the follow-up game, but just spice it up, get some engagement and close. I know you've closed millions of dollars using memes. So kind of talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I love memes. As you had mentioned, I full send committed and tattooed meme Lord across my knuckles. So I'm 100% unemployable at this point, which is probably for the best, (laughs) but, um, I'm going to take it a step further, right? Because like we all know memes as to like what's popular now, right? A picture with a text or a funny gif or whatever. Um, but memes originally goes back to like the eighties and a gentleman named Richard Dawkins wrote a book called the Gene. And it's basically a scientific terminology based around like Darwinism and the the transfer of information. So like think of it like this. One monkey sees another monkey using a rock to smash open a coconut and get the fruit on the inside. And so the monkey now then takes that idea back to its community and shows the community. If we just use this rock to smash the coconut, we can eat this delicious fruit. That is essentially what a meme is. It's a transfer of information from one society to another. And so like if you get real sciency with it, this goes back to like nature and biology. Memes work because that's how humans and like life is created. We see someone do something and then we mimic it, and then other people see us doing that thing and mimic it as well. And so it starts a trend. And so now if you fast forward to 2022, and you think about viral trends on social media, what is it? It's a transfer of information between societies that happens very quickly and typically includes small changes along the way based on the dialect or the region, right? So if you start thinking about the baby Yoda meme, how many different baby Yoda memes have you seen in the last couple of years? You've seen hundreds or thousands potentially. What about the big big black dude? Even Big big Barry Woods, (laughs) right? But like every time you see it, even though you recognize it, you stop and you look at it because out of curiosity, you're like, all right, well, A, I recognize this thing and B, what's potentially different about it, right? What has changed? Because the human is curious. So let's tie this back into sales and follow-up. If I'm a sales guy and I've made you an offer and we've built rapport and we've done the whole dance... And I've basically sent you the thing to fill out the invoice and I'm just waiting on you. What's the typical thing from here? Hey, I just wanted to follow up. Hey, I'm just checking in. Did you get the invoice? It's a very stale, canned conversation and it's kind of not fun or sexy, right? Like that's kind of that weird point of the sale where you're like, hey, John, I'm gonna need you to pay the fucking invoice, bub. Like, let's get to work here. Um, so what I was going through was a phase of, of a sales slump, right? If you're in sales, you've always, every salesperson's been through a slump where you're having a low time. This is that going back to doing the work consistently day after day part of things. But I was in a slump and I've always loved memes. Everybody has that friendship group that you're sending like weird, funny, raunchy memes to each other, right? Trying to make each other laugh. So I sat down and I look at my list of ghosted leads and this is all the people that I've made an offer to thought we had a great conversation and then they're phew, dust in the wind. Right. And I went, all right, fuck them. And I went in there and I found this silly meme of Ace Ventura where he's like kind of looking in the um, the dolphin tank. If anybody's okay, ever yeah, like seen yeah, that movie, yeah. he's like in the dolphin tank and he's kind of like looking in the camera, Jim Carrey. And it just says you there, question mark. And I sent this meme to I don't know twenty or thirty people, being spicy. I was kind of like, "Well, you don't want to respond to anything else. Check this out. I'm gonna send you a meme." Within 15 minutes, I had three people that had paid the invoice. I had another two or three people that had hit me back and been like, "Ha ha ha! I'm so sorry. I've been busy. Like, let's reconnect." couple more people were like, oh, shit, man, sorry. Uh, I miss your message. Like, I'll get back with you. And then one or two, they were like, no, nah, man, I'm not interested. Hey, that's better than no shot. Than it was Wilson. like a 69% response rate to Where people that 69? had been... <laughs> All statistics are made up. So, you know, I had to have fun with that. Uh, but, like, think about that. If you had 20 or 30 people on your list that half of them responded to you, what's the potential like on that? And I went, holy smokes, like, this this is crazy. So I hit up a couple of homies and I'm like, Hey, just try this. Tell me what you think. They're like, are you sure? I don't know, man. It worked for me. Crazier things have happened. So I sent a couple out. I keep doing it. It's working for me. I get another guy that hits me back. He's in the real estate space. said, Hey man, I just got, I don't remember if it was 1.2 or $1.8 million listing from a guy that I sent one of those memes to. Contract signed, it's it's ready to rip. So I, like, if, if you're in the real estate game or if you know anything about real estate, commission on a 1.2 or even a $1.8 million house does not suck from sending a meme. And that's when I went, all right, there's something to this, right? So I went back to the drawing board and I sat down with Steeman and I'm like, well, how do I build a course that I can teach people this process? Because like I've done it a few different ways. I've done it in marketing, I've done it in sales, right on our software company. I made a new meme every day for 90 days, promoting our software company and I generated an extra like 30 or 40 residual signups, which was generating a nice little fat passive income commission from affiliates, just sharing memes. So I knew this worked in a couple different ways, we built the closer memes course. We launched it in December of 2020. We had I think a hundred people sign up the first month, and since then we've had well over a thousand people join the community. I get memes and testimonials from people almost daily. Hey, I just shared this meme. I got a, a deal. We did our Break Free Academy live, a two-day training the other day. I did day one. I talked about memes in the follow-up process. One of the guys in the uh, audience went to dinner that night and told someone on his team about it. The next day during the event, we were chatting and he said, Hey man, I have to share this. One of my agents just sent me a signed contract for a $500,000 listing on a meme that you shared with us yesterday. They sent it to the guy. The guy filled out the contract. They just got this half million dollar listing. Like we literally trained on this yesterday. I went to dinner and told my teammate about it. They did it this morning and we've got a closed deal this afternoon.
0: Bada boom, bada bang. It's wild as hell. Whew. So the chorus people can get. Yes. Okay. What's the, the URL for that? Closermemes.com. It is the best $47 you'll
1: ever spend. And if you sign up and you think it's stupid, you call me personally, I'll give you your money back. But I guarantee you, it's the best money you ever spent. That, that's an offer that is really sexy. I mean, I, mean, I try to make it irresistible. That's yeah, what they taught me in that, marketing school. Yeah,
0: that is definitely irresistible. So closermemes.com. Correct. Uh, we'll put that link in the show notes as well, guys. Where is the best place for people to, to contact you, Druby? So if someone is trying to find me,
1: um, I do the majority of my content and social media on Facebook. But if you go to connectwithdrewby.com and I'll make sure you put the link in there because it sounds yeah. ridiculous, but connectwithdrewby.com. Um, it has a link to all of my social medias. It literally has a big button right on the website that you can text me direct. That goes right to my work phone. It's a voiceover number. I get messages all the time. You can text me direct. I'm happy to help answer questions, point people in the right direction. Anything that I can do to continue providing value back into the world. I've realized over the last couple of years, the more I show up and just focus on helping others win, Uh, The more winning I get to enjoy in my life, just like after they were done with this podcast, we're going to take my wife and wander around Vegas and go shopping and do some cool stuff because someone was willing to pour into me and offer some guidance and wisdom at some point. And I was willing to show up and be coachable. And now I get to be blessed with winning and helping others win and being a part of this podcast because of that. And I just want someone who's hearing this today to take action on just one thing that they hear because that's all it takes. You take one step today and you take one step tomorrow and just a little by little by little, this consistency adds up. You can lose hundreds of pounds. You can save your relationship. You can go from making a few thousand dollars a month to making a few thousand dollars an hour. I mean, anything is possible if you're willing to admit that you need to make a change and then be willing to be consistent and disciplined in the
0: actions following. Whew. That is how winners win, ladies and gentlemen. Mic drop. Well, Drooby, thank you so much for the time, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me. Guys, go hit up Druby. He will. Uh, he's the real deal. He's not here just to to just you know fill up um, the the time here and just uh, you know not uh, be genuine. He's as real as it gets. So hit him up and uh, share this episode with a friend. Like anyone that you know that owns a business in sales, that the meme side. I just love how excited you get when I brought up the word memes, guys. If you're not watching this, like. You remember, like, uh, what's that guy in The Simpsons, um, the older guy, um, where he's like, always oh, like, excellent.
1: Oh, Mr. Burns? But Mr. Burns.
0: Like, and when I said, talk to us about the memes, your arms like came together and you were just like, excellent. Like, you just got so excited. So, guys, like, he's really passionate about obviously everything that he does, but you can tell the meme side is is really, really, uh, you know, pushes his buttons. So, so guys, share this episode with a friend. That is how we can spread the word because we're not here to serve you guys with ads and, and pitch you with a bunch of shit. We want to grow this show organically and we can't do that without you guys. And as always, you can be listening to a lot of other podcasts, but instead you choose your time to be with us. And uh, that means a lot to, to me and, and Keita and our guests. So winners, again, thank you for everything. I hope you guys have a great week and uh, we'll catch you next week.